Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode 12 of the season. Uh, <laughs> it's been more games and we still haven't won. Um, who have we got on the pod today? We've got me, James. We've got John. Hi, John. Hi, James. We've got Connor. Hi, Connor. Hi, James. Got Jack. Hello, Jack. Hi, Hi James. Um, it's been five games since the last pod. Uh, Liam Manning. Have we done a? We've done a Manning's here pod, but we haven't done a game since Manning's been in charge. I think, right? Um, Correct. I, I feel like I've got the giggles, and there's nothing funny. <laughs> to talk about. There's nothing yeah. funny. About that's prob- that's a good talk. thing. By the end of the pod, yeah. you'll do well to still be laughing. So we need to, we need to make it kind Sounds of like hard. Or I was going to say, we need to make it light-hearted because it's pretty, yeah. pretty depressing, let's be honest. 15, 15 games without a win. Surely that's a record across the divisions this season. It must be. I don't know. Let's do some... Uh, re- Jack, get on it. Research I feel like Cambridge were quite close until they beat us. Yeah, classic. <laughs> yeah, shock. Um... What I'd like, I guess it's been that long, but I feel like because all the other pods and shows about Oxford have already been that this is the final say on Morecambe Away, amongst other things, because we take that long to get to doing a podcast. The ultimate final That could be our strap line on all of our socials. We're not normally final. We're normally like at least first or... I don't think we are anymore. No, I think we have been. Okay. It's been a challenging season for everyone, all right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, why is that funny? Why am I laughing? (laughs) Right. So, yeah, Morecambe, Peterborough, Wednesday, Port Vale and Bolton. And we're heading into Pompey and Barnsley. So we'll get through as much as we can on this and we'll see where we we end up. Um, Who put in the quote about from Emmeline Begley? He's the BBC... Um, Oxford fan, isn't he? Yeah, he does all the like live text stuff on games, doesn't he? He said, oh, "Right, I've only just read the quote. A yes, quarter, same. a quarter of mad. the teams in the Premier League and Football League combined, twenty-three out of ninety-two, have changed managers since Oxford United last won a game of football on the twenty-first of January." <laughs> <laughs> so, so. If you don't laugh, you will cry. Like this is why I'm glad that John's got the giggles. <laughs> Um, that is horrendous stat. Yeah. Uh, right, brilliant. news before we get on to the football. Um, James Henry and Sam Baldock to miss the rest of the season. Didn't James Henry sign a two-year yes. deal yes. at the beginning of this season? There was a few questions asked. As did You'll... Sam Baldock. As did Sam Baldock, yeah. As did Josh Murray. <laughs> no, let's As not did... go there. Let's not do it. Um, There's a theme developing here. Yeah. Um, to be f- to be fair, I, I think that James Henry is a big miss, to be honest with you. I think he'd yeah. be a, I think he'd be straight in if he was fit, he'd be straight in my team. Yeah, I agree. He's his experience here would and I think his well, his, not only his experience but also his ability on the pitch, I think would drag us a little bit out of this. We we really struggle with a number ten. We don't really have one. So yeah. I think right. we massively, massively miss James Henry. And I he, he almost he Baldock, but. single handedly kept us up on that previous relegation mm. battle, didn't he? Um, I think he would he would make the passes, the key passes we'd need, even with the few chances we're actually kind of getting off on target. I thought that in the Morecambe game, there was a couple of ops where we didn't got into nice positions and didn't do the right thing. I think he would have done it. 
anyway yeah um some good news jack uh steven negru looks like a bit of a find that conveyor belt of irish players doesn't seem to have stopped quite yet but he came on for elliot moore didn't he and then he started at um port vale before being assaulted right at the end but he looks like a good a good player doesn't he yeah, he looked very composed, especially against Wednesday, where we were kind of not up against it, so to speak, but probably mentally clinging on a little bit. Um, and then Port Vale, yeah, we were very rough and ready. He dealt with it pretty well. Um, but it does sound like his, his injuries may not see him wear yellow again this season, which would be a big shame for him and, and, and for us. I didn't realise that. That sucks. No, he actually fractured his nose or something. Eye socket as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's a double yeah. double fracture. I think Manning just said it's a mess, so it will take time to kind of... Yeah. Even, I think, if you wore a mask, it would be too painful to wear with the swelling and stuff. Okay. Um, a- Anderson was back fit, came off the bench against Port Vale as well. Are we happy about that? I still never know quite where he fits in. It was a bit like Fleming was kind of put on... A formation picture of starting left wing. Anderson's another one of them where you just don't. It depends on what formation you're playing. Connor, where would you? Would he fit into the team for you, or is he too high risk at this moment in time when we've just kept a couple of a couple of yeah, clean sheets? I, I think he's too high risk if you're going to play th- uh, four at the back. But I think if you're going to play a three and then well, or three or a five, however you want to see it with wing with wing backs, then perhaps he is a slightly more attacking option than Sam Long. <laughs> Although off recent performances, if I was going to play three. Three traditional, or say traditional, but three centre backs. I think I would probably play Brown um, more and Long. To be honest with you, I think I'd drop Finley, but you know, and then play him out on the right and not play Long as a right wing back. But other than that, I don't really see him fitting in. He's not yeah. a winger, winger, is he? I don't think. I want to talk a bit about Sam Long later in this program. Program. <laughs> what is this? BBC News with. I know we've not done one for a month, but it's not going to be that long. <laughs> no, I've just got a yeah. feeling about it. Um, yeah, it has. <laughs> I, I, I put in here any stadium news question mark, and then the club did that, you know, just released a 20 minute long video um, a couple of hours before we've recorded this. So I think, have we all managed to catch Connor? I don't think you've caught it yet, caught yeah. you off guard, but. Jack and John, you've seen it. Main main takes away, like he's he's detailed out the seven requirements that uh, the council has kind of set the club, and we, we talked about those I think a little bit previously. But it all seems very reasonable things they're out there asking us to do, and it was a very professional. He acknowledged it, didn't he, at the beginning, Tim Williams, that this is formal for a reason. I hope you understand why it's formal. Yeah, then, I, I really, I really liked it, and. And I don't doubt any of the commitments, like the details that were made against all seven of them. But fundamentally, that's how you play the game with these things. Like council puts out these strategies and you come along and say, right, this is going to help you deliver some of them or it meets some of them or all of them in the case of this. Um, I particularly like the way he handled sort of the green spaces question and allowed him to tease out that actually that piece of land is not a green oasis. It's scrub awful land who you know that line i think you liked as well james about nobody can access it at the moment so yeah whatever we do with it it's gonna have more people access to it so i thought that was um yeah some good some good lines in it really and um 
it was just quite yeah really full compelling answer to it all so yeah and jack you know the the bit about the green space i thought was the most interesting because there was a a picture a picture rocked up and then it had the space at the top like the pitch where the roundabout is as if they would need to maintain some space there but then also along the west side of where the picture of the stadium was there was more green space there but that kind of does that put to bed some of maybe the fans dreams not to be too negative about what the site could have been used for in terms of fan parks or ice rinks or other bits and pieces um possibly but i think with these things it's about i i think there's still until we get the final kind of architect pack of drawings etc i think you know you can you can almost read too much into it i think yeah. Basically, that was to illustrate that they're going to leave the top bit of you know the point of the triangle clear, because I think that's the bit that particular focus groups are banging on about. You know that is that is the natural break between um, Kidlington and the city. And through and through consultation and chatting to you know local community groups, people, supporters, whatever, people will understand that. But this is when you talk to them about some of the wider things you want to do and make it that community hub point so it's not about saying just put it there for now and then just say no no we're not going to do that but actually make the case for these are the bits we want to keep as green space to meet certain things and here we think this might work and just have that grown-up discussion it's not just about let's just have everything green space just so we can get the stadium through i think there's a a mature like discussion to be had about what you do with this limited space glossing over the fact if you'd done it in the original site you could have had three times this amount of stuff that's just me moaning about it. No, no. Um, anything stand out to you, Connor? That you've seen there? Anything that's a surprise? Not particularly. No. I'll be honest. No. I need to listen to the. I need to go back and listen to Tim Williams' his address. So I'm going to do that once the pod's finished. Cool. Don't I'll do it you. now. No. I'm going to do it now. You look distracted. Um, he did talk about going from ninety percent. Um, car transport going to the Kassam today to wanting to get to 90% not by car, which obviously is quite a big target. I did also start wondering as to whether if there wasn't, and it might be a ludicrous suggestion, if there wasn't enough space on the actual triangle site, whether they would look to um, do anything around the park and ride area um, in terms of building more stuff around there, but it's already been built on in a sense, but I guess we'll see. There's no point in speculating about any of that stuff. If you look at the site from a bird's eye view and then have a little look around that side where the park and ride is, there's a bit of kind of wasteland at the north side of it, amongst other things. Um, Other good stuff was around the women's team. So they can't play at the Kassam today. And that was a big focus that they'd be able to use the stadium, encourage um, local girls and women to perhaps get more into football and even talked about pitching to the FA to get a women's international at the new stadium. There was lots of good stuff talked about there. Um, yeah. I mean, it is as John has laid out, it's just very well done playing the game a bit, but in, in all the right ways. And the club's now asked, there's a new kind of initiative going hashtag stand United where they're encouraging fans to, post on socials um videos and whatever else they can do and get the hashtag going and give the club that support and who knows how they'll use that 
in ongoing kind of marketing material to kind of demonstrate that it's something that the community is really keen to happen. So I'm sure you can find that. If you're listening to this, you know where you're looking to find all of that stuff. So there you go. Should we talk about football? I don't really want to, but... Can we go very, very briefly back to the Killington Parish Council meeting? Oh, yeah, good and point. The, yeah. delightful <clears throat> activity. Jackie Weaver. Of, <laughs> yeah, of uh, Friends of Stratfield break. I mean, we don't have to sort of regale the whole story. I mean, the Oxfox update was comprehensive and would absolutely read that um, yeah. if you can. But fundamentally, this was a very normal Parish Council meeting Oxford's councillor was there, Niall Williams was there talking to people. It was all well-natured, some people challenging, some people supportive, perfectly reasonable discussion to have. And then right at the last point, uh, Friends of Stratfield break, threw in a very archaic sort of community poll sort of feature, which put, which asks the residents of Kidlington to, to say they oppose the stadium. This is before full plans are laid out, you know, what it actually means. This is all still theoretical at the moment. And it will cost the parish council about just under 10 grand or something to run this poll. And it was 10 people have to say, we want to have this poll. Two of them, after this kind of thing was chucked into this meeting at the last minute, said, no, no, actually, we, we don't want to get involved with this. Sounds all very sort of cloak and dacker and pushed into trying to make a, make a bit of apparatus that doesn't, this poll won't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it's something that can be thrown in front of planners if it goes a certain way, showing like a majority, it's something that can gum the whole process up. And I think my point is that it's this is the sort of stuff that we as a collective who want the stadium to happen will get thrown at us. And it shows why when the club does these sort of we stand united and ask you to write to people, we, kind of, we do have to do it because there's people who are kind of out there looking at and planning to use archaic parish council mechanisms to try and force something that's yeah not in the holes objectives Spe- wasn't a, speech did, over <laughs> no no I, I i kind of forgot a lot of that stuff happened but i do remember the oxfox email that came out and then um but it wasn't there something in there that like you say a certain amount of people can initiate a poll at any time and then it, it costs the parish yeah, council, and then the parish council the money has, to, like, has to pay for it which is ultimately but anyone yeah. can initiate such a thing or do you have to be within the parish because that was some there was some of the fine print with people thinking (laughs) of you know it's such a ridiculous concept but they could really set themselves up for a really difficult time by loads of additional polls being i I don't yeah and it was just to that um but even so it, it was a sort of clearly very underhand and again I mean, if you really need to have that poll, fine, but have it when everything's on the table. Yeah. Um, okay. Something that will need to be people who in Kidlington and want the stadium happen will have to turn out, and it's turn out that matters in these things. Yeah. Right, Morecambe away. John, we drove to this. We did. Um, Liam Manning's first game. Uh, we played well first half, didn't we? And then... Um, looked really in control for most of the second half, albeit we had no attacks, barely. But it just didn't look like we were going to concede. And then... I mean, um, the, quali- the quality of everyone's play completely fell apart. I mean, I thought the first half, considering it was first game under a new manager, was actually pretty good. Like, I know you were there 
you were moaning about Wildshot, and I was like, ah, it's all right. He's, he's kind of <laughs> he's unpredictable, and that's that's shaking their defense up a little bit. But I didn't really have a problem with it, and it was a great goal by Marcus Graham. But then the second half was like watching, like jumping around a bit, was like watching the Port Vale game. <laughs> it was just so poor in quality, and then the defending sort of for that yeah. goal could have been avoided. And this is the annoying thing about this. I think we should have won that game and it would have changed the whole dynamic of where we are today. But that's almost a pointless comment. No, yeah, it is true though, isn't it? And they, to be fair, they could and probably should have had a penalty at the end, which would possibly, have been absolutely yeah, um, destructive. But yeah, the goal was good. We scored a goal from open play, Jack. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was actually, to be fair, it was that's actually... Great goal. It was actually really good from Wildshirt, which is why the the kind of bloody annoying note that we've got on on the notes here is is so kind of apt because he's he's gone from being on paper a top class winger at this level to basically becoming the worst kind of winger at this level, which is turns up for about thirty seconds per game and does something good, and then in, proceeds to infuriate you for the rest of the game. He's got this remarkable habit of not bringing the ball with him and kind of constantly reaching behind him and then knocking it off against a knocking if it off against If I was defending against him, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like it because he doesn't know what he's going to do and equally you don't know yeah. what he's going to do. But um, then equally, the, the, the flip side is if I'm attacking with him, I've got yeah, no idea yeah. where I'm going to need to be to get on the end of the ball. Yeah. If it will ever also, to be very, fair to him, to be fair to him, turning up for thirty seconds a game is still more than Josh Murphy does. Hey, I, I'm really not in the to be wild shot actually. When he came on at Port Vale, did play Odonka through after some good work, but at the same time, Morecambe and most of the other times I'm seeing him, he just yeah looks like he doesn't know what's going on. Has that kind of arrogant flair about him that doesn't suit a team that's battling relegation? And I, I, I imagine if you're, he could come across, I, I don't know, it's, obviously we don't see everything about him, but when you see him in interviews, he's quite like a f- arrogant, cocksure, funny kind of guy. I bet he's good fun to be around, but at the same time, sometimes I just always, I wonder if he's I mean, the, the right the, character the best, that you need. The best time I saw him was when he came on against Bolton. And I think at the moment, even though we are down to the bare bones, that might be the best role for him because he he looked quite... And we were playing pretty well as a team generally, so it does all raise each other up. But I thought he was actually quite quite good against in that role. So maybe that's mm. that's where we leave him. He goes he goes on the outside an awful lot of the time, doesn't he? Like he's very... He tries to go past his... his well, he was against Bolton. Very often. Yeah. But, but also, against Morecambe and other games, he kept coming inside, which lot, which both... both um, Brown and to a degree Murphy always try and do and you just sort of look at it and go, why are you Operating constantly coming in inside? Spaces, yeah. I, I just he, remember. Wins, he wins quite a few corners for us though. Watcher. He just kicks it against the full back and he goes up the <laughs> yeah. corner. That's basically what he does. <laughs> the the one frustration I had from the Markham game that's just come back to me is Marcus Brown absolutely killed their fullback in about the first three minutes and got in books and then yeah. never did it again once. And he hugged the t- Brown Didn't... hugged the touchline for the first 20 minutes as well. He stayed wide and had him on. And then he moved in like an inverted winger for after like 30 minutes and everyone was going, get the guy sent off. Like, just run at him. Get chalk yeah, on your boots. Just like... knock and run him. Like, just try it. It's... 
yeah. it was weird. It's that type of thing where if you're a manager, I'm not, I, I think I'm delighted by the way Manning's there, but you, you'd imagine Manning saying just that. Like, get at him, keep doing it, you're getting success. And after he scored his goal, you're thinking as well, second half, um, he's going to have that guy. Anyway, yeah, one all. Um, so the rot ends, we get a draw, should have been a win. Um, but then we go away to Peterborough and we... I watched I watched the second half of this, but it was nil-nil. It was a decent performance, wasn't it? But is in defensive performance, they didn't look overly dangerous and we've been to their place and had some really tough games over the years, right? So keeping a clean sheet there and we had a couple of chances. Wildshot actually... Probably had our best chance. Um, if, you, if you take the Bolton game slightly out, it's, I thought of the four games before that, the Peterborough game was the most sort of encouraging all round, and we did we kept up the performance level for the entire game and basically nullified Peterborough. I know we I know we didn't score, and we'll get on to like the fact we can't score for Toffee, but they basically completely ran out of ideas, and our game plan was fully implemented, and that's. That I found was encouraging. The problem with all this is it's having to be put in with not enough games to spare. So that's why it's not. It's far, it's lovely to say that, but it doesn't. At the moment, it doesn't mean anything because we've got five games to go, and it's you know scary. The, the Peterborough one was was the one that gave me a little bit of hope. As in, we went there, like you say, we completely nullified one of the best attacking teams in the division. We had a bit of grit about us a bit of, and there's a comment here in the notes, lots of references to knowing what we're doing in terms of a shape and a system. And it looks like it. We looked like units that actually knew each other, knew their jobs, knew who was covering who. Um, and that's I got quite a lot of hope from that game because I, I didn't expect us to come away with anything from, from yeah, there. Especially when you see the starting 11 where we had Joseph, Wildshut, Brown, Murphy, Brannigan and McGuane is the... Um... <laughs> I think all the comments when we saw that lineup was, oh, this could be 5 5, or, you know, but. I was really excited. Look, that's like a FIFA lineup, isn't it? 5 5? Um, Imagine us scoring five goals <laughs> in five games, let alone one game. <laughs> <laughs> they're, t- they're Tishy Manga. I didn't, when did they sign him? Chesterfield, January. Oxford City. Oh, don't, don't, don't get started. <laughs> Let's talk him. about him. We should have signed him. We could have had him. <laughs> He got 40 goals for Boreham Wood in four games. Um, right. But yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean, John. Like, good. I still think the Wednesday performance was a better, more encouraging watch by the end result because of the chances created and the fact that it was a miracle that neither of Elliot Moore's headers went in, in my eyes. Um, those ones that are like 100 miles an hour straight at the keeper could have gone you know, a couple of inches to the right or left of him and then it's a goal. Um, I think I was I think I was more in the I know what you mean. <clears throat> I think I was heading to more demoralised after that because it became evident that we weren't going to score except via penalty, which is how we how we did. And it was sort of that increasing awareness that whilst it was nice to be able to go, look, the defence, the off the ball stuff is clearly better, the defence is clearly better, you're not constantly saying where the hell is the fullback? There's no balls going in behind the fullbacks. There's there's clearly structures. There's a lot more. The two midfielders are kind of in a much better place in terms of shield and defence. All these things which under KR were just nowhere. But then in that Wednesday game, it was like, 
I don't see where our goal comes from, even though Sheffield Wednesday, as we put in the notes again, were bang average and not even better that time when we were away and definitely should have won. How do you guys feel McGuane has been playing in the last few games? Because obviously Bate has gone and got injured, but there was a time where McGuane wasn't getting in the side. He's come back in. I felt that he struggled a bit at Vale. And um, I was in the, I was going back with JB and um, he was talking about how his first touch is always backwards. And when you actually kind of think back and look at it, it is like it, whenever he receives the ball, he's kind of turning back around and running backwards a bit before he opens himself up to then look, think about what he's going to do. And that just, it slows for a team like us at the, at the moment, most of our possession is in, around the back four. And then the frustration is that it, it seems to skip the middle of the park and it's just punted for a 50-50, probably 60-40 because the other team's got beefy centre-backs clamouring down on a single striker. But that seems to be the way we play at the moment, which is why we're just not creating, I suppose, Bolton. <clears throat> Bolton was a bit different in terms of chances created, but that was the main frustration in Port Vale. We just weren't creating anything. It was a case of skipping through midfield, trying to punt it forward and then hoping for the best. I think the mid the midfield's been an issue all season, hasn't it? I think we've had a number of conversations about who should be in it, where should they play, is three the right method for this squad? Sadly, we've ended up in the place where we've got about three midfielders left and they've all got to play. Um, and I think I think McGuane, excuse me, McGuane's going through the kind of almost trying too hard mode at the minute. There's some really odd passes that he even attempted away at Port Vale in particular. I think he was a lot better on Saturday by all accounts, but he does... Do you remember the one near the end of the game? <laughs> where, that, well, that's the yeah. Hadn't they got 10 men at this point and he just toe punted it about 100 feet in the air across the pitch? <laughs> Backwards. Yeah. I mean, and, what uh, happens at Port Vale? I mean, like, I, I can't <laughs> confess to have like seen as much of it as I'd like to, but it's just a bit sore bits of it. I mean, like, it just seemed like an absolute wormhole of mess as a football game from our team because to the McGuane point, I thought the second half against Bolton, that's the player that you want to see him be, that he can be. It was all quick passes down the sides, forward clips, all the stuff you want him to do as the more... He was definitely a lot better against Bolton. And he is is the defensive-minded one in this, or played in that position. But then, yeah, I can't turn around and say sort of in any of the other games he had a particularly good performance but Port Vale it just sounds like something happened down there that you guys went to it was just an abomination in every single way really good turnout by wasn't there like a thousand Oxford fans or something there like really good turnout quite a vocal crowd early on until the football started and then it was just one of the same again you know quite early you're kind of there you're like right this is the game this is where it's going to all turn then after like 10 minutes you're like but it's not though, is it? Like it's the same. <laughs> still feels exactly the same. We still aren't very good at football. I think, I think after about twenty minutes of that game, I turned. Uh, you went and got and, a pie. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I said, I said, we really are not very good, are we? Because it was that first half was woeful. They all looked terrified to not lose the game. We were just terrified, and then 
half-time came, I don't know what Daryl Clark said to them, but they came out and had a proper go. We did our best to lose it. Um, but no one is going to remember that game of football ever because yeah. it was just... Marcus Brown, German Marcus Brown broke through a couple of, like, split through the line a couple of times running from deep. And then everyone was just going, shoot, shoot. And it's one of them where he just doesn't take a shot, then tries to play it, gets a bit clever, nothing happens. But that happened a couple of times. And um, to your Eastwood, just there was like a 10-minute period where Eastwood made like five saves in quick succession. And to be fair to him, earned, probably earned us a point. What were our chance? We had Odonka, Walsh put him clean through. Could have done better. And, and that was quite... I mean, it wasn't a nailed... It was a good chance. And, you know, yeah. he's one of those that you kind of want your striker to score for obvious it was, prob- it was probably the best chance that an Oxford player has actually touched the ball from for many a game. And now we'll go on to Bolton. Obviously, Carl Joseph didn't get a touch on that squared squared cross. But that Odonka chance was was big for, for a striker. I know he's younger, but he's got to be beating the keeper for me. Yeah. And Wait, what do people think about Brown? It's like, I don't, from, on this number 10 role, it's kind of jumping to the attack a little bit, but... Go to oh, Connor. Yeah, he, Connor. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not a number ten, is he? You can see, and I think this is one of the issues that I said earlier about James Henry being injured. Is that who do you, who do you play there? Because I don't see Marcus Brown as a player who thrives in behind. You know, he he's a player for me that likes to square up his fullback and run at them and cause damage that way. He, he's not particularly great. He's not a particularly great passer. You know, you need to be someone who's creative in that space and be able to hold the ball, you know, and find pockets, find those killer passes. But that's not who he is. And that's no criticism to him in his game. I just don't think he suits that role. And I think the issue that we have is that there isn't really anyone else to play there. I think the only, you know, you consider someone like Oshin Smith and you think, well, could you drop Oshin Smith further back? And could you play Brannigan as a number Brannigan, 10? Yeah. You, you yeah. Know, yeah. But then, but then the issue with that then is, does that, does that affect the balance between McGuane and Brannigan? But then on the flip side of that, they haven't really been playing particularly well together anyway. So I think for me, I would, I think given given the recent performances and the way our wingers have been performing, as in not very well, I think I would quite happily see Oshin Smith play, play as an eight and then push Brannigan into a 10. And then, you know, Perhaps It'd be interesting see to see it. Brown it? on the we have, left. We have seen it. Brown on the left and Goodrum on the right. We have seen it against Just Bolton maybe two seasons yeah. ago when he played number ten and it didn't really work. Um, no, it didn't work then, did it? That's but the thing. I don't. But, but I but I agree with your point that there isn't necessarily anyone else because part of me thinks a lot of the reason he's there is because it's that gets the ball twenty yards out, bursts in space and shoots. Do you know? Yeah, because he does. Yeah. He's quite um, a confident player, isn't he? In that sense. When was? But I just don't, was the last I just don't time... think it suits suits him playing there. That's the problem. Is it? And I think he does. He... Do you remember Adam Murray, Connor? Were you like four years old then? Were you around? I know the name, but I can't even remember what season that was. <laughs> I was. I was definitely an Oxford fan, and that was the um, when he was around. I think you were inside a mascot suit, probably. Um, probably. Probably. I'm going to check. Adam, Adam Murray was Oxford. like, what year would that have been? Like two thousand eight, nine. 2009, 10-ish, getting into that. Yeah. But Adam Murray was the last time. It feels yeah, weird saying it, but like <laughs> having a player that was like of maybe Brannigan's like stature 
in the middle of the park that picked got his it, it was so noticeable in the conference because he used to just get his head up and look around and, and he seemed it. to have more time than everyone else because of the positions he got himself into and so it's, Bino it's... would be Bino and Matt Green and those guys would be off running and making runs and he used to the amount of times he'd pick passes behind defenders not in the not even like in the air on the ground that people would run onto who was that crazy winger that was a bit of a he was like orange (laughs) Lewis Haldane yeah and I can I just yeah Brannigan has got some got this lovely cross field ball yeah the switch on on the the diagonal yeah so either to either brown or actually that's completely coming out of nowhere that's a, a welcome pass that hasn't been an option this Matt, season at all. Manning has alluded that they expect to see Billy Bowden before the end of the season. Is he uh, an he, option uh, in that number reason. 10 role? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. should have played them more you know, under KR. He was there. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, Billy Bowden in, in there and then Brown out on the left, that for me is a far better combination. And that, that left foot, he, he can ping a ball as well, can't he, from the edge of the box, Bowden? I think it's just... And he's good um, dead balls. Which is what we've missed because we've had a hell of a lot of set plays since uh, since Man has come in. We've won a lot of corners, a lot of free kicks, and nothing's come from them. Yeah, it's As been said usual. a bit. Jumping back to Wednesday, but and all these games and Bolton and whoever, the league just isn't very good this season, which makes it even more bizarre that we're in such a difficult... Well, it speaks of how badly we've done because every time we seem to come up against um, these teams or even when you just look at results around the league, it just isn't just great. It's upsetting. And, yeah. It's but, be like Barnsley, pretty average. So well, don't say that ahead of... No, I'm listing. I'm going to list countless teams, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Accrington, average. Forest Green, awful. Cheltenham. But so I, lots I think of teams for me, one where... of the most... Sorry, Sorry, Bolton weren't that. Bolton weren't that great. Like it's like it's just proving the point. Yeah, Yeah. I think this is so frustrating when you look at our when you look at our squad on paper. I think we said it before. We look at our squad on paper and you think this is not a team that should be in this position. And the problem is, is that reality has hit, and it really is. And I think, you know, if we're going to move ahead a little bit now, I'm thinking for tomorrow. <clears throat> tomorrow night against Portsmouth, you know, it's it's getting to the point now where you think, you know, if we don't get three points within the next two games, it, is it ga- is it going to be game over? Uh, do you think, I think, I, do you I think, think we have to think get the, three points from the next two. Yeah. I think, didn't yeah, Jack, I think you we said have that to. as well, right? Yeah, but I think we have to. You, we have to go in with 43. Would that take us to 43? We're on 40 now. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. and then 1743, yeah. we're just not going to win those three games at the end of the season. Like we're not going fifteen games without a win to then miraculously exactly. turn the, it into exactly. fucking that's nine. How I feel. Yeah, um, that's how I feel. Because I think that, you know tomorrow. the confidence is the confidence yeah. is clearly on the floor, despite the fact that Manning's come in and done his best. And obviously, we have seen improvements. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, we've we've we have picked up points. We have definitely definitely looked better defensively. Like that is a dead cert, but still going forward, it's still such a such a kind of mystery as to why we're so ineffective at the top of the pitch. Um, and as we all know, goals win games, and unfortunately, we can't seem to find the net. And like you say, if we don't seem to pick up three points from the next two games, like you say, James, 
you know, how on earth are we then going to be expected to go and win the last three games against sides that are equally in you know the same amount of shit as we are, other than Forest Green, obviously, so we'll be down. It, but the other, it, the other two teams, it's be not like, it. yeah, it's not like an enigma though. When you look at the the three that started up front against um, Port Vale or even Bolton, you've got Josh Murphy, who's we all know what's what he's been like of late, Odonka. And then Carl Joseph, who has had some decent spells, and then even Brown. But the four of them collectively have not got goals between them, you know, of any yeah. significant number, right? And it, it's not. Yeah. I did. <sighs> I did slightly start to sort of maybe see, and this isn't very developed, why Carl Joseph may not have been playing as a central striker earlier in the season, because you see, when he goes wide again, he does actually make a bit more impact, and then. Mm playing through the centre, maybe just doesn't know the role and it, and it bleeds into the wider fact about the attack, that they are, they play as like four or five individuals. Individuals. I.e. they right, don't, yes, they don't exactly. know what, no. not playing for themselves. I mean, yeah, fluidity, they, fluidity was the word that we kept yeah. talking about. There was just nothing. And that's back to the Port Vale thing where it's just pass it around the back line, pass it around the back line, look for McGuane, look for Brannigan. You're not available. Uh, pass it along the back line, give it to Sam Long get closed down, ball goes out for a throw-in, repeat. Like it, it was the same constant kind of flow of football yeah. every time where it's just passing around, can't find a pass, and no one makes that step to turn and open the game up with runners to pick out. And so, was- Yeah, so off the ball, like massive improvements in all different departments. It's just on the ball, doesn't seem to be the attack has any idea what the plan is. So I'm not necessarily saying Carl Joseph can't play down the middle because he's who else have we got to play down the middle? Because I'm not on the Yodunka train whatsoever. Um, so part of it is what's around him and playing into him as to why it's not clicking. A little bit there is quality because I think a better striker or a more established striker scores that chance against Bolton that was whipped across. Bolton, yeah, that yeah. he that he misses. So there's. It is a quality point as well. Yeah, I wonder whether or not Carl Joseph does himself a little bit of a disservice by the amount he presses, because he presses so high and so fast, and he runs an awful lot. And I don't feel like he gets much much support around him in that press. And I feel like he almost tires himself out. Not saying that he's you know the guy is unbelievably fit. I mean he he you showed that against Bolton. I mean towards the end of the game he was still the. The player who covered covered the most miles, without a shadow of a doubt. But I wonder whether or not that that kind of links into his lack of quality as well. Is it almost like perhaps his, you know, his energy stores are not as not where they should be when it comes down to key moments, and that's a very you know physiological assessment. But still, I do wonder whether or not sometimes his press from the front line being a being a number nine is sometimes part of his problem as well. It'd be very interesting to see though whether or not. You know, the discussion we're having now about this number nine, whether or not it actually changes before the end of the season. Are we now going to see, you know, what we've seen from the squad now and the, and the side that's picked? Is this basically going to be what's stuck with for the next, you know, for the end of the season? Or are we going to see something change? You know, are we going to see Tyler Smith play up front? Are we going to see Joseph play up wide? Are, you know, are these things actually going to change? I, I'm not convinced they will, but I wonder whether yeah. or not Manning and, and, the rest, and the rest of the backroom staff are you know, having serious discussions about this and thinking, you know, maybe this is not the right way to go, given the fact we've done it for the last few games and it hasn't worked. 
Jack, you were looking like you were going to make some thoughtful points on multiple occasions. No, I'm, quite, I, I'm intrigued now because you're doing all the thoughtful poses with your hand <laughs> and like scratching your beard and stuff. I'm just... Not that you've got a beard. For the I was going to say that. Sake of the tape. That, where's that come from? <laughs> um, Beard, beardy uh, Jack. Beardy Jack. Um, all my thoughtful points have gone now. Um, no, my, my my main point was that so the Joseph chance from Saturday feeds back into a lot of the conversation we've had about the shape we play. He was the only person within about 15 yards of that ball when it was played across the pitch. Yet yeah, we have two wingers and a number 10 on. I think this leads yeah. into how much we miss James Henry. How many times over the years have we seen James Henry kind of arriving onto a ball on the edge of the box, taking a touch, getting a shot away? It's the same as Odonka's not chance, but it got cleared over the bar by his own defender at Port Vale. There was no one else in the box apart from Odonka. Again, when he had the chance that Wildshot put him through, there was no one else in the box apart from Odonka. We do not get bodies in the box. So to come to Connor's point about do we play Tyler Smith, do we go to a two up top? I think we need to because I, we're getting we're getting to that point where we need to win the second ball in the box. We need to have an option because it's not working at the minute, both from a quality point of view and the fact that there's no options. There's no but, options. But there's never... I, I still just can't believe Odonka's being thrown in continually where he's had a bit of a spell. He's got a taste of it. I think that's been good for him. And he, I, I, I wouldn't. Our fans as well are so unbelievable. <laughs> I'm probably going to include myself in it, but you know, you, everyone's getting behind him. But it really quickly turns quite poisonous. Well, and with him the, as well. Yeah. The thing with that yeah. is, the thing with that is, we play him as this lone number nine who has to take the Port Vale centre back kicking him up in the air. He has to chest the ball that's above his head. His goals for the youth team have been when he's been played through one-on-one using his pace, but we're using him as some kind of target man that he's not. He's not a target man. It's weird that he doesn't look quick against oh, well, Bolshe League One centre-backs, but maybe I'd, it's just how they're managing him. But he I'd doesn't li- look like, like he's got pace. I'd like to see him in a two. Yeah. Whether that's with Smith, whether it's with Joseph, the fact we're even having to consider who that other striker would be rather sums up January. Um, Did we play two against Pompey in the reverse fixture where he scored that goal? That was a great goal. Am I making that up? Joseph one. Yeah. I might be making that up. That was was the long ball one that Odonka chested it up and Joseph hit it first time. Yeah, sorry, Joseph scored that goal, sorry. But he might have been played as a two, or but did Joseph play deeper that I night? think I Joseph remember. was wide on the yeah, right hand yeah, right hand side. Because yeah. he kept yeah. getting fouled out there. I remember it. Um, you know, I'd I'd be interested to see the fact I mean Austin Smith played that Morecambe game, did okay. Not groundbreaking, but did okay. But his energy and get that that point of getting a man forward is definitely another thing because the way you get rid of the Marcus Brown as a number ten is you go back to the Brannigan McGuane, Oshin Smith as a three, and then you go Brown, Joseph, Wild, not Wildshot, um, or an equivalent, or Fleming even it on just, the, the wing. It just feels we've got 41 games into the season <laughs> playing 4 3 3 for probably 75 80% of them, and we're not any good at it. Just mi- try something, yeah. just mix it up. I think we every Oxford fan would snap your hand off for a 1 0, you know lumped it into the box 20 times, got on the end of one. I don't, you know, this yeah. squad I think, is clearly not built for this system, regardless of whether it's been tweaked structurally now or not. It's it just the players don't fit in the roles yeah. they're given. 
It's not built for a physical, I, I, semi-physical system. I would like to see. Either. I would like to see three, five, two. Uh, the things you've said about Oisin Smith coming in, maybe Brannigan going a bit forward, feels like it might show a bit of desperation at this stage. But whilst I think it still is a good option, Tyler Smith, I still he has to have called someone a knob in training or something. There's no way I don't he can be. Why he's yeah with why championship? He he's been widely publicised. Yeah. He scored four or five championship goals already this season. <clears throat> I mean, Matt Manning um, basically said it was to do with what well, I didn't know. Well, he said it was about what he's seeing around the building and training and the like. He can't. But how can he possibly say that and then have Josh Murphy start in every game? Because I think, well, he, he gave I mean? that. He said that. Unless, yeah, yeah. Unless of course he did. He hung him out a bit, though, didn't he? he, he did, so, yeah, yeah, he did hang him. Yeah, and, and rightly fucking so. Like, I don't but, want to pick out one individual because we're going to start doing the whole thing again about No, but he also players, told you why he was in that interview. Horrendous. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. Against, this isn't me defending Josh Murphy. No, 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 I know it's not. <laughs> but, he, but he told you why Murphy and Woolchuck had been in the team because he said they were senior pros, they've got it on paper, and that's why they're yeah. in the team. And rightly so. But they're obviously, um, you know, they're being, if, for example, on 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 uh, Saturday when Goodrum came on, Goodrum put Murphy to the sword professionally, as in the way he put himself about just goes to show the tenacity that that kid's got. And I think Tyler Goodrum should start tomorrow. I think Tyler Goodrum has got a fight in him. And I do think there's a little bit of, you know, per, you know, the fact he's been around the club for so long, he knows what it means to play for the club. And I know this is a bit emotional and all the rest of it, but it's just one of those things, isn't it, where you look at a player like Murphy and his performances in recent weeks, you think, how on earth is he anywhere near that starting lineup? Because he was atrocious on Saturday. Like, it's him. Absolutely. It's him and Wildshot, a luxury yeah. top six, flowing, fluid team players that will probably. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they were in a Peterborough or something. They would have a great season or something. They probably. But we're would. we're just yeah. not seeing they, any of it. Well, they yeah. They're, they're, they're not up they for they the fight cla- though either. They're not up for it. Are they, they are. They are classic wingers in the sense that they play well in a team that is playing well. Yeah. They have that swagger about them that looks horrendous yeah. when. A, they're not it's playing terrible. well, or B, the team's not playing well. And Josh Murphy can be summed up that the fact his three probably memorable moments this season are missing a penalty at Chef Wednesday. There was some last-ditch saving tackle. I think it was ironically in the Bristol Rovers game. His moments have been missing a penalty in two defensive things. Other than that, he's offered very little else. And because of his persona, he looks disinterested, which is... As Connor's saying, we're getting to the fight point. We can't, we can't be carrying that now. And I think Liam no, Manning's, Liam Manning's comments yeah. from the weekend sound like he's he's had he's enough done, now. He's done. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, no one, no one can be carried from now on. You know, this is this is a fight now. It's a dog fight. Whether they want to believe it or not, they've got themselves into the mess. They've got to get themselves Mc, out of it. And if the and if McGrain's, the not there, what's the point? Mcmcguane's interview post um, Bolton was mm. to the point. In saying it's, it's on good. us as players, like really where it. It, it's it's absolutely yeah. up to us. The, the he said like the manager's giving us every giving us everything to do our job. So let's have a let's have at it. The only other thing I wanted to mention in my little rambles around the way we just kind of concede possession from defence and just punt it forward is I think back to Herbie Kane early last season. Just thinking about Barnsley, but do you remember how he showed for the ball? 
You yeah. literally mm. run backwards, and run into space, so look around, look around him, point at his feet, and just be like, "Give it to me," and I'll just I'll turn around and I'll go back yeah. the other way. Um, and that is uh, that was a different quality that we have not seen anything of this year going through the middle of the park. I mean, Lewis um, showed, McWayne early on Lewis this Bates season. Actually, signs to be fair. Yeah, and I think Bate showed signs of it as well. To be honest with you, at times, I think I think Bate is kind of like almost a. It took Slightly him a while, though, didn't it? I, I just think it did like, take him a while. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think Bate, Bate provided a little bit of calming influence in the middle of the pitch. Brannigan likes to run about and get irate and snap at people's heels. McGuane, as we say, often goes backwards first. Bate often took a touch, had a look, almost like you're referring to, James, with the kind of Adam Murray type, gets out his feet, has a look, where am I playing it next? But he just wasn't physical enough because he's so small. You needed him to be six foot four. You needed him to be a kind of Alex Gorin height to have more influence in the game because he would get shrugged off it, as we did see with Herbie Kane, especially in the second half of last season. Um, in that Barnsley team, he gets protected by a bit more of a bigger bloke next to him, so he's still got the time to drop off. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then Bolton, then um, they they obviously scored early on. Dion Charles, he's got like twenty three odd goals in all competitions this season. Um, he's always finding the net for them. Um, yeah, he's a good player, isn't he? I like I like Dion Charles. Dion Charles and Colby Bishop between them. Obviously, Bishop's at. Pompey. We were good. we were in the market for him, weren't we? He was at Accrington, wasn't he? Yeah, both they were Accrington's yeah. forward two. They've yeah. got what forty odd goals between them this season. Like, I why weren't we in the market for them? Yeah, or even of... previously, <laughs> you know, when they both came yeah. from Conference North teams, having scored goals for fun, and it's not a signing we seem to make for some reason. It, I, I think I wrote that in the notes somewhere because I was thinking exactly the same thing, especially when when you look at our summer business. The luxury signings are probably with Colby Bishop. He got twelve goals or something last season, ten the season before. So he was in double figures two seasons in a row in the league. You're already in, so you know he can do a job there. But we kind of just went for some glamour and glitz, and it's just absolutely come back to destroy us. Next season with the new head of recruitment as well, who's obviously an internal appointment anyway. Be very interesting to see whether. you know, we the, the kind of model of of um, recruitment changes with Manning as well, but well, also I think this clearly depends on what league we're in. Yeah, and who can you get out of the club oh, to create the, space? Yeah, because we're going to have to. It's going to say we're going to have to balance some wages, but then unfortunately, there's quite a few players that are still on contracts, and if you know other clubs don't want to come in, then they're going to sit there, aren't they? Yeah, we're going to have um, to spend some money to correct. It's so, exactly yeah, except yeah, except it. Um. Red card, Connor, you were there. The keeper comes flying out at Joseph's feet like Superman on acid. Do we need? To, do we need to talk about um, this? I'm, I'm, I'm still seething from it now. Honestly, I was there at the game, and I, I, I can honestly say, hand on heart, I don't think I've ever been so, so I don't even know, just emotional about a decision not going the way it should have. I, I was absolutely. What did you do? I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe. I'm not saying anything else. Um, I couldn't believe. <laughs> Stamped on all of the. I arms. couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that it was a that the, that it was a yellow card. Um, I just. The thing is, the ref was quick you know, to give the well, yellow as well. He ran straight over and got the yellow out instantly. No consultation with anyone around. Yeah. Just wanted to get it over and you know, done. The with. Was like, oh, you know, the God. linesman's that side. The linesman's that side as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And it's just, I just cannot fathom how the, uh, how on earth that was not a red card. Like, I'm sorry. I see, I see some fans on Twitter, like pointing out that Joseph have knocked the ball towards the corner flag. Bollocks. It doesn't make a fucking difference whether he knocked it, the ball also barely into the made, corner flag. I think it, it kind of does a little no, he bit. Didn't he did, but he didn't. Flag. He, no, yeah. he's taken a touch. Do you know what I mean? It's a touch. It's a natural, uh, it's a natural progression of the ball. And also, and the player making the challenge. No attempt to play the ball. The player making the challenge yeah. is the goalkeeper with his head outside his own <laughs> box. Like, box. The, exactly. I just can't I'm, fathom so, how it was not a red I've, card. I've seen people okay, saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, the defender would have been covering, so it wasn't Covering. a clear, yeah. clear, clear goal scoring opportunity, whatever. Well, if you flip it the other way around, and the defender took Joseph out, he would would have been one on one with the a, goalkeeper. Exactly, had been sent it's, off. Yeah, and, and apart and also, from that, that version, the keeper can't use his hands. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you've got the double jeopardy thing. You know, it, if it was inside the box when the goalkeeper took him out, and it was a penalty, then obviously. It's not a red card. There's no double jeopardy rule. You know, you're not going to get. You're not going to. No, get it is is penalty. a red card unless they yeah, make a, a obvious attempt to play the ball, which I'm not sure the keeper did. did. <laughs> I don't know exactly. So I just I I, and it, the thing is right. You know, it's hindsight's a wonderful thing, of course, and obviously, there's no two ways about it. It would have changed the complexity of the game massively because a it would have been a red card, but b the goalkeeper would have been sent off, which obviously means another goalkeeper's got to come as a sub, another player's got to come off, and you know, systems change, blah blah blah, and it would have opened the game up massively for us. But this is the thing. I just cannot understand the consistency of refereeing at this level. You know, the week before we're talking about the Sheffield Wednesday and we're talking about the penalty that we get, that we were awarded. Never a penalty. Never in a million years was that a penalty. You know, it's, it wasn't. I don't, no Oxford fan can say that that was a penalty. It was, it was not. like you know, we someone so, placed so fortunate. a turtle in the <laughs> middle of a, a piece of grass in front of you with open openness either side of the turtle and you just yeah. ran over the turtle instead of the things and, but and that's a great this is the problem is, is ref is ref refereeing is, is obviously it's such a complex and subjective you know experience being a referee and i understand that but i just can't fathom how much it influences the games at this level now and it's it's becoming so emo- like emotionally charged for so many of us because then you know there's so much more waiting on it you know of course if this happened if this happened in the second game of the season you'd go oh well, i'll get over it it's it is what it is, but, but for we what still had twenty-four shots to their four, regardless of the amount of players think, on the pitch. And no, I agree. Get a goal. I think twenty-four shots. I think is. I think the word shots is being generous. To be honest with you, I don't think many of them yeah. trolled well, the goalkeeper. The quality. I think Kieran Brown was the only one. Yeah, exactly. There's, there was some from outside the box. The decisions about when to shoot and how to shoot, secondly and second half, were just not great whatsoever. I mean. It was so frustrating Bolton scored early because it meant Bolton could soak us up in the second half and we were playing actually pretty well. Like, there were loads of Bolton fans commenting on how good we were and how well we played. And if it had been nil-nil or anything, I think we'd probably do go on and win that game second half because they would have had to come out a lot more. They realised that we were playing better than them and they would just have to hold it out. And then... We just didn't have enough quality in very tight spaces yeah. because they could sit back to do to score even less than we normally do. And we didn't create. Was there any other clear cut chance? Was there any clear cut chances created? Didn't Joseph have a decent chance at one point? I don't know. The, it was um, the only the only thing I can think about is obviously like we said earlier about Joseph missing that ball across yeah, the box, yeah, yeah. and that was it. That's the only that's the only time I can I can think of. 
It was just it was such a frustrating game because we we did play well in the second half. It was just one of those games where you could see that it wasn't going to happen for us, and it, obviously it didn't. Don't get me wrong, Bolton defended extremely well. They were very resilient. Um, they you know, but they didn't look like a top six side. They didn't they didn't turn us over and make us look make us look you know put us on our backs or anything. I just find it such a frustrating game to lose and to drop points. That's why it would probably be one nil against Barnsley. We've just got to make sure we get a result tomorrow night. Home yeah. to Pompey yeah. has to happen. Huge. Um, I did like by the way on scrape together to give to Messina to let us win. <laughs> I I forgot to say I enjoyed Manning's interview after Bolton when they asked him about the referee and he went I don't want to comment on that but he's a disgrace and he's arrogant and he's a terrible person I shouldn't you, not sure he should be in his job and they should review things and I was just like. <laughs> He was a walking ego. You could just tell in the way yeah, his body was. language when he gave he yellow cards, or it was all sort of very like, you know, hand in, get out the way. I'm whatever his name is, mm. Stefan Stocks or Stockbridge or whatever. Sebastian Weird. something, wasn't it? Yeah, that's why he got verbally assaulted at halftime. <laughs> um, not from me, but- obviously. Before we played Bolton, I think Jack, you'll have posted this, but Paul Beasley's fans' view on Rage Online was a nice summary of where we're at, where it says, we we now know how not to lose. We still don't know how to win. We know how to keep clean sheets. We still don't know how to score goals. And that's, you could just probably summarise the last, the Manning era, I guess, thus far in those four points. Um, Looking at the run-in then and the table... <clears throat> you're not laughing anymore are you John it's all gone south I've been pretty good mood for 57 minutes actually to be to be fair so I'm only just starting when you said let's look at the table that's when my stomach started to go a bit so well Cam- Cambridge have picked up some unbelievable form and then obviously just won their derby against Peterborough at home 2-0 and what they've won three out of the last four and drew the other um so they're on they're massively on the up and they've got Wickham who you kind of Wickham are on a bit of a tough run as well aren't they one win in their last five it maybe stretches out back further than that um how are people actually feeling Jack what what are the main things you're looking out for in that running either for for us but for the teams around us to me it now feels like we need to reel someone in above us to stay up because i think cambridge might go past us Mm. so then you're saying right you've got to look you've got to hope you pull something back on mk who's running is a bit kind of all over the shop really they've got a few teams who are kind of mid-table and proverbially on the beach but then they've got barnsley who could still be in with a chance of the top two, depending on what happens. I think to give... I'm at the point now where I think if we don't win tomorrow night, we are in big, big, big trouble because I'm I'm fully in agreement that people who think we're just going to roll off nine points from the last three games are pretty deluded, really. Um, Mm. Forest Green have gone, so they'll be doing the whole playing for next season and... Yeah, no pressure, etc. Duncan Ferguson will put himself on probably yeah. shit out him. <laughs> I didn't know he was their manager. I didn't even <laughs> notice that happened. Do you not read the countless articles about how he was like, "Oh yeah, I've had, I'm, I'm having joined the vegan food and stuff." <laughs> no. I just um, think of Barnsley on. I think Barnsley they can just grind 
a result out and we just don't have the personnel to kind of cause them any problems yeah that'll that'll just be a i know we're all going and yeah. it's going to making it worse for us but it's, that'll just be a very difficult game i think tomorrow's yeah tomorrow's the chance turn us over. yeah i think that, i think bars will turn us over quite comfortably to be honest with you i think like you say tomorrow uh, i i i agree with that i think it was jerome skeptical sorry no go yeah. on john I say, I think it was Jerome said that he doubted Portsmouth are pretty much out of the hunt for playoffs unless they sort of have a barnstorming and thing, and so that's something for them to kind of play on their minds a bit. And I think the the chances of for tomorrow night for where Portsmouth are at and kind of where we are, and it's at home and Bolton second half, you you've got to build on that, and hopefully you see what Manning's doing with the attack. As in, he's sorted the rest. Well, he hasn't sorted the rest of the team. He's done because enough he probably can do with the rest of the team. Hopefully, some of the attacking stuff of whatever he's doing filters through a bit more. That's what I'm clinging on to. You've got to hope that Accrington they they were losing three 0 at home to Fleetwood. I think they were down to ten men, and then they got it back to three two, but ended up losing. Was it five or six two or something in the end? Um. You just hope. I've always got this fear about Accrington and John Coleman. There's just something about mm. something yeah. about them, and I really don't want it to go to that game. Do you remember when they did a job on Portsmouth to help us get in the playoffs last game of the season? And there was no, you know, we felt there was no chance that was happening at the time. He's just got away with um. Well, ideally, we need them to be still alive when they play Cambridge, but dead once. I was just about to say beating yeah. Cambridge. I'm oh, sorry, once yeah. Cambridge have beaten them. That's a that's oh. a humongous. Oh, sorry, not well. that's not what I meant. But we just need something that means they're dead after that game. <laughs> I put it this way: we're not in for a very enjoyable last four or five weeks of the season. That's just. I think we should just put if it we, like that. This is not going to be comfortable watching. It's going to be horrible. And I just hope if we that, win tomorrow, we're going to win very tomorrow. Weird way, in a very weird way, I hope we're celebrating at the end of the year because that's what it's going to be, isn't it? It'd be a little full-blown celebration if we stay up because this has been an absolute horror show this season. I just, yeah. It, I there's think, so, there's I been think so we, many I think moments. if we lose tomorrow, I think it, it's over. That's the way I see it, to be honest oh, with you. I really do. I really do. Because I just don't know where these wins are going to come from, confidence-wise. I just don't know where they're coming from. If we weren't on a run that we're on currently, if we weren't 15 games without a win, I'd be thinking... Oh, okay, you know, maybe they've got a little bit about them, but they haven't. <laughs> so I just I think it's a it's desperation station. I can't tell whether I'm just I've never really believed it's possible that we'll get relegated, so don't feel this like the emotion towards it know, or I'm just numb for some other reason. I can't really work out what's happening. So I think maybe it will start clicking if we if we lose tomorrow night and then lose to Barnsley, I think it's done. I think yeah. we're really going to struggle. We're really going to... Do, do you know what really sums up this season? We've not won for 15 games and we're still not in the relegation zone. That's how bad this league is. That is true. And we weren't doing well before it. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's... We've, it, but uh... Yeah. It's not like we've fallen from grace in this run, have we? We've... We're just stumbling, just completely collapsed in a puddle. Well, I didn't realise how badly Port Vale were doing until, I think, Jack, you pointed it out. Three wins in 18, and they've just sacked their manager who's on a five-year contract. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, what did, Jack, Jack made me laugh earlier when he did have two wins in 18, and you were like, oh, I'd like some of that. <laughs> like, oh, two in 18. Was that before or after he was abusing Tim Williams' tie? <laughs> that, 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 that was the least professional thing of his presentation um yeah god i do feel it, it, when you I mean, see all the the running for all the teams though it does bring it to life a bit more doesn't it it's just um forest green have conceded 81 goals um so that'll got... be nil nil <laughs> <laughs> clean sheet i mean our goal difference is our goal difference is by far the best amongst the relegation candidates. So that That's might a point. play a part in it. You know, it is it is very tight, so it might come down to goal difference. If it does, then fantastic. I'll take it if we stay out of goal difference. I mean, that would be incredibly nerve-wracking, but it is what it is. Um, in that sense, that's a positive we can take. If we want to put any positive spin on the last five minutes of this podcast, there it is. We've got a better goal difference than other sides. Um. What do we want to say Jack's about Pompey? His, Jack's, Jack's just leant back in his chair <laughs> with his with his hands above his head, just looking defeated. Pompey um, hadn't won in 10 games before Massinho took over. And then he came in, they played Exeter first game, 1-2-0, then went to Fleetwood, 1-2-0. They started... It's weird. I looked back at their season. They started the campaign with seven wins and two draws in their first nine. So a team that starts with that type of form to be where they're at, where they're probably, this is, they have to win. They yeah, absolutely they, have yeah. to beat us. A hundred percent have to beat us if they want to retain any hope of a playoff push. What are they like? Six, is it six points off six, or something? Six yeah, points. six points. They're six points off with four games left. They have to, they absolutely have to beat us. Um. So that might be a good thing. They come and the game opens up and but they've, yeah, and they've, but they've drawn the last three. I don't think, I don't sure they'll have the belief that they can win it after drawing three. It's kind of wobble form. So that's the thing. There's a lot going to be going on in their minds, but they have to go for it fundamentally, like you say. Do you think teams look at us now and they they are terrified of being the team, <laughs> the team where the Oxford finally beat. Because I would, <laughs> it would be terrible. You would, wouldn't want to be in Pompey's position, would you? Come into the Casem when we're on this run, in a way. I don't know. Maybe. But if you're not. a senior, you're going like, well, don't be that team. Yeah, yeah, this this player, this player, this player. They're all good players, and I can't quite tell you what's. I mean, you'll know how to sort of where the, the pinch points are, but equally, you'll know that there's there is talent there. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Colby Bishop talked about him earlier. They've got Marlon Pack. They've got a good squad, haven't they? What's their centre back yeah. called that was towering over? Is it uh, Raggett? Raggett, that's we, it. We ate him. Three. It's a good player. Three teeth Raggett. Um, does what's his face still get games for them? Rat boy. Rat boy. That's what Curtis. Curtis, yeah. Rat boy. No, he doesn't. Where did that come from? Cur- Curtis just... doesn't. He's 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 still on his crutches, bless him, from his ACL injury, isn't he? Is he? Okay. Yeah. If there's only one player on the planet, yeah, of all the players in the entire world who you who you'd wish that on, it's probably him. Um, right. Predictions for Pompey Jack. Go. 
Lose 2 0. Connor, go. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cynical. Connor, I've been, come on. I've been so positive for predictions this season. I'm going yeah. in another direction. No, I think you're right, Jack. I think lose I think lose 2 0 as well, to be honest. Oh, do you know what, actually? Lose 2 1. Because we'll score, we'll go 1 0 up. Everyone will be like, oh, fuck, it's happening. And then we'll lose 2 2 1. Penalty. It'll be a penalty. John? We'll score a penalty. <clears throat> I think we win. God knows what the score will be. Oh, wow. I think I predicted 3-1 against Port Vale. I'm not doing that again. How many goals from open play have we scored in the this run of 15? Because it's funny you can count them on one hand, can't you? Because it's like, <laughs> it's Lewis Bate against MK Dons, was it? Yeah. And then and Brown. Then, and then Brown against Morecambe. Is that it? I think so. Two. Two wow. goals. Two. One, two. Unbelievable. Is there more? Oh, Derby. Well, if you look at yeah, Derby was 2-3, so he scored in that. Joseph scored, got put through 1-1 one one at the end, but Sam Long was from a... Oh, yeah. Kick. Goals. Goals. There you go. Plymouth Confident again now. 5-1, Oxford. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... John, what did you say? Sorry? Just a win. Just a win. Can I have a scoreline, please, so it happens? Bottle job. 2-0. <clears throat> And the goal scorers, please. And a constant uh, Carol. Brannigan and McGuane with a darting run. No, that's not going to carry the way. <laughs> uh, Brown. Okay. <laughs> Which one? Oh, don't, no, 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 no. That was a, that was a loophole. You can't ask <laughs> me that. <laughs> okay. With a long throw in. Uh, Did you see uh, it when his um, man bone came out? He looked like a sort of warrior type with his... Like um, locks like black sweeping hair everywhere. It was much better than the man bun. Maybe you should do that. You should embrace it. That was the hi- that was the highlight of the football for the last um fifteen weeks or whatever it's been. <laughs> Barnsley beat uh, Forest Green five one on Saturday to help them get to that eighty one goals conceded. Um, since late January, they've had thirteen wins, two draws, and two losses. In come Oxford United. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling into town. Devante Cole. That's Andy Cole's son, isn't it? James Norwood's into double figures, even though their fans were really not that keen on him for a while. Uh, Nicky Cadden's pitching in with goals and assists. Um, Yeah, they, they're in a place where I was, you look at their remaining fixtures and they're still competing for the autos, aren't they? Very much so. So they're... What's it? They've got Ipswich to play, who are in second, and they're, they've played a game less than Sheffield Wednesday in third. So, with knowledge that they're playing Ipswich, it's kind of still in their hands, in a way. So, they've got they're playing Lincoln tomorrow night. Um, so let's hope they get some injuries. Herbie Kane, do you remember that's where Herbie Kane's form completely dropped. Lincoln away. That's what Barnsley have got on Tuesday. So maybe that will be the same again. He'll forget how to play football. For the rest of the campaign, uh, they play us, then they've got Ipswich at home straight after us. So they have to, they're going to be on it, aren't they? It's a big game. That's going to be a big game. No matter what happens with us on Tuesday, that game on Saturday is massive as well for both sides. When you can take a glimmer of hope, but the problem is it's a way that we did effectively shut them down in the home fixture, but they were pretty, pretty poor and then settled for a point. After about sixty odd minutes, what was the score? Two, we lost two one. Um, 
We lost two one at home. Oh, sorry. All right, fine. No. Yeah, because Nick, do you not remember Herbie Kane did a beauty? You loved him. Oh, yeah, sorry. He was really composed and then turned around and Nicky Cadden was running in behind him and we were like... But the point was, yeah, fine. Sorry, but they did a job on us on that. They they weren't particularly good in that game. It's probably the the point I'll... Yeah, we had had slightly more possession and nearly twice as many shots and um, we pulled one back relatively late on through Elliot Moore as a header from a corner, scored from a corner. And then Kieran Brown hit the bar as well towards the end. And we were unlucky. I remember us saying... Yeah, that that's, we were that's what I'm trying to cling on to. The essence you summed up rather than the incomplete incorrect score. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I think we drew the season before like two all. I remember to know they would have been in the championship, wouldn't they? I remember a two all draw with them where we went 2-0 up. And then they absolutely cre- they creamed us after that. Um. I haven't had a nice experience at Oakwell. Has anyone had a nice experience at Oakwell? Remember us opening nope. day of the season, lose 4-0 and nil. What's that guy's yeah. name got injured. Sammy. Who Carruthers. got injured? So, yeah, Sammy Carruthers. Yeah. yeah. Got injured straight away. Yeah, I was at that game. That's the only time I've ever been to Oakwell. I don't think I'll ever go again because of it. Simon Eastwood got injured that day as well. That was a terrible day. I was giving was us the big licks. My mate uh, Paul's a Barnsley season ticket holder, so I remember just on the way to the game being like, "Yeah, we're really good." So you'll be really surprised with the fluid football, and then they just battered us. Um, I'm not doing that this Saturday. You won't, seen any, you won't be seeing any fluid football from an Oxford United team on Saturday. Oh, all right. Uh, predictions for Barnsley then. Let's do that as well, Jack. Then we'll finish. Finished. Uh, we'll win one nil. Yeah. What? Hey. Any, can, I have some, can I have something really specifically? Give me something really specific that's ha- happening in that game. Uh, Tyler yeah. Smith's going to go through one on one trip over, and Joseph will put the ball in the net in the last minute, and there'll be scenes in the away end. Oh my god! And then we'll all wake up. <laughs> I actually kept thinking away to Port Vale. I kept. I had this like inner monologue going, where I was just, I was thinking like, surely there's going to be a moment this between now and the, re- the end of the season. That's the moment. And I'm going to be there for it. And it's going to happen. You said that stuff out loud. Heather. You were doing that at Morecambe. I was like, what are you on about? Yeah, but I believe there was a moment at Port Vale as well where the cross came over from, a, I think it was a free kick. And Finley just looked like he had an open header with no one anywhere near him. And their player got the slightest nick on it before it hit Finley's head. And I was like, in my head, I was like, this is it. It's, it's happening. Amazing. And then it just was taken away from us. But maybe to Jack's point, will score a nonsense goal in the 91st minute, Barnsley away, after they hit the post from a corner. You know, Connor, what's the score going to be? Lose 4-1. 4-1. Goal! Yeah. yeah. Uh, Consolation, 4-0 down. Lose 3-0. Oh, fucking hell. James. <laughs> uh, 1-0 win. Okay, go on, I'm, I'm with Jack. I'm with Jack on the 1-0 win. Clean sheet. Finley beating the badge at the end of the game as he walks up. Marcus Brown gives the child his shirt. And then we lose to Cheltenham on Tuesday. McGinty uh, just runs around celebrating. It's going to be great. Can't wait. Um, All right. I'm not sure how much anyone listening will have appreciated a lot of this pod today. (laughs) It's like gallows. gallows Yeah. Quite tired, um, but I'll be at Barnsley. Quite excited for it, regardless of what happens tomorrow. 
because it's just huge. No matter what happens tomorrow, it's still huge. Um, yeah, there's something about killing another team's hope at the same time. <laughs> if you can have success yourself whilst punishing another team, you never know. I hope Paul doesn't listen to this, but I'm sure I'll tell him in the pub before the game. Right, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, come on, you yellows. We're winning tomorrow night. See you later. <laughs>